and welcome to the National Trust podcast. I'm Michelle Douglas, podcast producer and wildlife enthusiast at the National Trust. Today we're travelling to Blakeney Point on England's east coast to discover how a seemingly inhospitable four-mile shingle spit is famous for one of the UK's biggest and fluffiest natural phenomenons every winter. But in this special episode, we're following Blakeney National Nature Reserve through every season to uncover the sights, spectacles and secrets of life on this rugged and unique landscape. And just as a heads up, this is nature at its fullest, so at times things get a little bit gritty. Every year, in deepest, darkest winter, this flat, unassuming pebble shoreline becomes the stage for one of the UK's greatest shows. Visitors peer from ferries to catch a glimpse of the scene, phones held high and cameras clicking to capture the action unfolding on the beach. The coastline is packed with around 4,000 plump, white-coated, impossibly fluffy seal pups. It's grey seal pupping season and Blakeney Point in Norfolk is one of the world's most important sites for the charismatic marine mammals. But what most people don't get to see is the story behind this spectacle each winter. Blakeney National Nature Reserve is not only part of a designated area of outstanding natural beauty, but a remarkable conservation success story. And the best way to discover what makes this place so unique is to journey through a year on this remote stretch of coast through the eyes of the people who look after, work and even live out here through the changing seasons. This story really starts on a cold February day. I'm in a Land Rover with Ranger Duncan Halpin and I'm feeling a little nervous about the essential but grisly job we're here to do. We're driving along Blakeney Point. There's about three miles of shingle stretching out in front of us. Salt marsh gleaming an almost golden colour in the low sunlight. And then the North Sea, which is looking almost temptingly blue. Duncan pulls up the Land Rover and attaches a trailer to the back. We're met by a hardy band of rangers and volunteers here to help with the task. The kit we'll need for the job is handed around the group. It's pretty basic. A pair of gloves and some thick black bin liners. Then we set off. We've come a little bit back past the dunes to the marshes. There's a great example of why we're doing it just up here. The annual seal carcass clear-up is vital conservation work here at Blakeney. Sadly, not all the seal pups born during pupping season will make it beyond the first few crucial weeks of life. A very uh, ripe carcass in front of us, let's say. And you can actually see all the little rat prints coming down from the burrow and then round the carcass. So the rats in that burrow have just been feeding on this carcass, so they'll just be able to multiply. If the carcasses were left here, they'd provide food for the rat population to grow. And too many rats could threaten the huge colony of terns that in a few months will also use Blakeney as their breeding grounds since rats will eat bird eggs and even chicks. So this grim task of removing the seal carcasses is actually clearing the way for new wildlife to thrive here. They've got a good chance of survival, but sadly this one didn't quite make it. Yeah, absolutely. That's just part and parcel of, the, of nature, if you like. During the pupping, the mortality here runs at something like 
5%, which is quite low, really. Places I've worked in the past, like the Farne Islands, some years the mortality for pups there can be up to 40%. majority here will go on to live happy, healthy seal lives. Blakeney Point's abundance of space and food makes it a palatial and popular pupping site. Grey seals spend most of their lives at sea, but during breeding season, they come ashore for a dramatic and intense life cycle played out in a few short weeks, as Dr Debbie Russell, Deputy Director of the Sea Mammal Research Unit at St Andrews University, explains. Grey seals, they pup in autumn and winter. The females give birth to a single white-coated pup. We call it lanugo, the coat. The females lose over a third of their body weight, giving the pup the milk. So after weaning, the females come into estrus, which means they're ready to mate with a male. Male seals, which we call bulls, have a group of females that they will try and mate with. There may be kind of one big male, one beach master, that tries to basically control the access to any of these females. You can often identify the kind of older males by the scars that they have. The pups are left on the colony, alone. First seal down and starting to push any squeamishness aside, I team up with a fellow newbie to scour the beach for more carcasses. Hello, my name's Sue. I'm a volunteer. I'm really interested in seals, so to be able to come out, actually be with like-minded people who also love seals and be able to talk seals is really, really good. In fact, if you're a seal superfan like Sue, the clear-up even offers an intriguing lesson in anatomy. Oh, here's my first dead seal. There's not much of it left. And there's some nice bones. Is that the scapula? The shoulder bone. That's the humerus. So that's the long upper arm bone. Oh dear, it's smelly. There we are. The team spends the next few hours spreading out and sweeping the beach. And another one. The clear-up is physically hard work, picking up carcasses and heaving the heavy bags over the sand dunes to the trailer, and then doing it all again and again until finally Operation Seal Clear-Up's complete. Pretty much the last of a, a grizzly haul. Shattered now. I'm Chris Bealby. I'm the countryside manager for the Norfolk Coast and Broads. And now what happens? So they will be taken back to our yard at Friary Farm in Blakeney and we have a specialist contractor who's brought a skip and they will then go in the skip with a special lid put on top and then they will take them away and uh, dispose of them suitably. You'd think that doing this job the atmosphere would be really sombre but actually everybody's been fairly upbeat. When the turn colony arrives this will be so important. Really pleased to get that done. After the beach cleanup, Blakeney Point stays relatively quiet for the rest of winter. Then, as the freezing weather melts away in the sunshine, this coastal and salt marsh habitat bursts into life. Spring has arrived, and rangers and volunteers begin to prepare for the next big natural spectacle of the year. But before things get busy, there's still time for the Blakeney team to enjoy the season at a more relaxed pace. If you're an inlander, at this time of year, you might get out and about hiking or biking to see the natural world in full bloom. But if you live along the North Norfolk coast, like National Trust volunteer Sue Gregory, you might prefer to take a different mode of transport altogether for a nature safari with a unique perspective. 
This morning I'm going to record some of the sounds and describe some of the sights as I go kayaking in the harbour at Blakeney. It's middle of May, it's just such a lovely morning. Coming north I can see the old lifeboat house on Blakeney Point, that iconic blue building. We have the entrance to the Clyde Channel and then just looking round the East Hills and the Pines. I've now just kayaked across to the Blakeney Point and I'm just sitting very quietly over some marsh which is flooded and I'm now starting to see birds. I've just had a flock of oyster catchers fly over the top of me. There were a couple of gulls that were obviously stalking their nests and they've just seen them off. Other birds I've heard were a curlew and this is an area where it's quite good to see spoonbills. I've just had a little turn go right in beside me and pull out a little sand eel. And it's still managing to squeak with its uh, food in its beak. It's just so nice to sit and float. But I'll have to put in some effort and then I'll go home for breakfast. Over the next few months, the number of ground-nesting migrant seabirds turns, arriving at this globally important site to breed, keeps growing. It's summer on Blakeney Point, and by now, from shoreline to June, this baby boom beach is a frenzy of noisy, feisty families of the feathered variety. All this action on the beach requires 24-hour conservation care, such as patrols to keep away predators, population counts and informing the public. So Ranger Duncan Halpin leaves all his home comforts to head off-grid, moving into an old blue corrugated metal lifeboat house where he and two assistant rangers spend eight months of the year hanging out with some very rowdy neighbours. My favourite part of the job is probably living on the point over summer, being literally stuck amongst the wildlife. That's an incredibly rewarding experience. Summer on the point is an amazing time. There's, again, huge concentrations of life and a riot of noise. We have up to three, 4,000 sandwich terns nesting. They have a really, really distinctive call, which it really is the sound of summer on this bit of coastline. Little terns are one of the UK's rarest seabirds. They're the smallest tern in the UK and they make this almost squeaky, I think it's a bit like a squeaky dog toy, call as they fly over. We do get the occasional Arctic tern. The Arctic tern has the longest known migration of any animal. At the northern reaches of their limit, they will effectively fly pole to pole every single year. Other sights of summer at Blakeney include an abundance of colourful coastal butterflies, and splash in the right puddle on an evening and you might see the sea sparkle with blue bioluminescence. As the long days of summer draw to an end, the landscape changes again. The thousands of terns take off from their breeding grounds to head to warmer climes, forming part of the great late summer migration in UK skies. As colder weather creeps into the freshwater marshes, eels begin their epic and mysterious 4,000-mile migration back to the Sargasso Sea, where they breed a single time before they die. 
and rangers have migrated from the remote lifeboat house to the familiar comforts of the Blakeney Ranger Hut. Autumn is here, and the coastline flaunts a seasonal look all of its own. There are definitely seasons on the point, but they're different to, well, what I call the mainland. There's no trees, you know, turning into autumn colours. The greens on the salt marsh from plants like samphire and sea purslane and shrubby sea blight, they all start to change in late summer into the traditional autumn colours, the the oranges, the bronzy colours, and the salt marsh just takes on a completely different hue, which, when the light's shining on it, just has this golden edge to it. There's a nervous anticipation in late October, waiting for the first seal pup. It's winter, mid-December. The UK's in the grip of a deep freeze but the icy expanse of coastline and low winter sun in Norfolk's big open skies look beautiful. And I'm just arriving at the Blakeney Ranger Hut for an event I've been looking forward to witnessing for myself all year. Duncan, hello, lovely to see you again. Hello there. Last time you were here, we were doing the seals clear-up, but let's go see the spectacle. We've just got out the jeep as we've been approaching today. At first it was little velvety heads of seals popping up from the waves and then the further that we got towards the colonies it was these huge bulls. And then we started seeing the babies, little white furs with their huge eyes. And now we've reached a denser part of the colony and we're going to look at how Duncan conserves and tags these seals to help them and to help the spectacle keep happening every year. What's going on now, Duncan? What we're going to do is we're going to try and spray some pups with some marker spray. It'll come out when they molt, but it'll allow us to track that pup up to to when it does start to molt. We're trying to get good data for the Sea Mammal Research Unit. The rangers on the groundwork, like spraying the pups with paint to identify them, all feeds into a big study monitoring the health of the UK's seal population, as Dr Debbie Russell from the Sea Mammal Research Unit explains. Blakeney actually used to be a very small colony. 20 years ago, there was less than 100 grey seal pups born at Blakeney. And now it's likely there's about 5,000 pups born at Blakeney. It used to be that the number of seals that were born was estimated through ground counts, but the size of the colony essentially prohibits that. So our work now is to do so by aerial survey. There's an aeroplane with the hole in the floor where there's two cameras and as they go over the colony, they're taking multiple pictures and we stitch them together and count the pups that are on them. Grey seals have historically been hunted at very high levels. There has also been times where grey seals have been culled as a result of potential interactions with fisheries. So there was a much reduced population, which is now kind of recovering and and potentially expanding beyond what it would have been. So the UK probably has about 36% of the world's grey seal population. And in Europe, the UK has the vast majority of grey seals. So it really is an incredibly important area for grey seals. Going up and tagging pups on the bottom isn't the easiest conservation task. 
it's a difficult job to get close to the pups. The mums are very defensive and then you add in the bulls that are on the beach. It's all about having a look, seeing what the situation is and then getting it done as quickly as possible to avoid disturbance and avoid the possibility of getting bitten as well. So what kit do we have to do this conservation work? We've got a bag of marker spray here and a healthy can-do attitude. I'm going to mark this pup with a blue and yellow mark. Hopefully if it doesn't run away. Almost ballet-like, Duncan quickly nips in and out to spray the babies, but the super-protective mums move surprisingly quickly, their 24 stone or 155 kilogram bulks lunging towards the imposter, teeth bared. After Duncan's done this delicate dance about a dozen more times, enough pups have been tagged for the day. It's not a disturbance-free procedure, but the study zone's a very small part of the colony so the benefits sort of outweigh the negatives. We managed to spray a few seals, so we can go away and leave them in peace now. I've just left Duncan, and I'm off to meet two of the volunteers who've been looking after Blakeney for the whole year. Looking beyond the seals, I can see two figures, and that must be Hannah and Sue. Hi! Hello! How does it feel being back here? Oh, it's absolutely fantastic. The seal colony, in my opinion, has expanded this year. I'm not quite sure whether we're at the peak at the moment, but I suspect we may be. Hello, I'm Hannah Siebers. I've been volunteering with the National Trust for five years. I go out here as often as I can. I find it uplifting, healing, and I have absolutely no need for going away on holiday. Best of all, I am National Trust property photographer. So can you give us some of your top tips? If you want to photograph seals, you have the rules like for any wildlife. Nature comes first. It is of course different because I am privileged. I am right in the middle of the rookery. With a long lens, I can zoom in. I try to capture a seal not looking directly into my lens. We have now two pups here. They have just been sprayed, one yellow, one gold, with a bull guarding his territory and the cow next to the pups. I have a nice backdrop with a roaring sea. I get down on my knees to be on the same level as the seals. I use my long lens and a wide aperture. I get that shot now. And this is really Blakeney Point for me. A beautiful but freezing day on Blakeney Point. Might be time to head back for a cup of tea now. When we started with the clear up at the start of the year, it was a little bit sad, a little bit gritty, but coming back and seeing just, as far as the eye can see, fat, healthy, gorgeous seals doing their thing, expanding their colony, it just goes to show what conservation can do somewhere like Blakeney. It's a real success story here. 
Seeing so many seals and the numbers going up year on year, it's a great reward for the work we do. Having such a massive concentration of life in what is quite a small space is just astounding. for listening to this episode of the National Trust podcast. We hope you've been inspired by this programme and please remember to follow our guidelines for the best, safest and most disturbance-free ways to enjoy the seals and other wildlife at Blakeney Point. For more information, follow the links on this episode's show notes where you'll also find advice about how to photograph seals responsibly without getting too close. If you've enjoyed this podcast, Keep listening for a brand new series of the National Trust podcast launching in May, which will be packed with more immersive audio adventures. And don't forget to follow and review us on your favourite podcast app or head to nationaltrust.org.uk forward slash podcasts to browse our full back catalogue of audio programmes. For now, from me, Michelle Douglas, goodbye. Nature is amazing, but it's in crisis. Go wild for nature once a week. If we work together, our skies will be full of birdsong again. Air will be fresher and safer, and rivers will be clean. Head to saveourwildisles.org.uk for inspiration and ideas so you can make a difference. Love nature and act now to help save our wild isles.